This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Welcome back, Locamores. Welcome back, welcome back to Locatora Radio. This is Mala. And this is Diosa. And we are back with another capítulo of our radiophonic novella coming to you once again from Radio Espacio in Boyle Heights. Thank you so much for joining us. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella archiving the legacies, geniuses, and brilliance of women and femmes of color. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to capítulo 48. Yeah. Um, So last time on Locatora Radio, we interviewed the one and only Curly Velasquez, Curly V from Pero Like. That was a really fun interview. Thank you, Curly, once again for joining us. Yeah, so if you haven't tuned into that one just yet, you should go on over to Audio Boom, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts to do so. And And, um, we've been busy. We've been busy. We just wanted to do a quick recap before we get into an amazing interview that we have. Beautiful interview with a beautiful guest. Yes. So um, last week, we were invited to the Latina Writers Conference that was held at Plaza de la Raza. And we were on a panel called Space Making in the Physical and Digital World. 
and um, we, were we, were, we were joined. Yeah, we had, yeah. there were other panelists, other panelistas, um, such as Jul- Julissa Calderon from BuzzFeed's Better Like, Cindy Rodriguez of Salvi's Who Lunch, and Leticia Hernandez Linares, a poet and interdisciplinary artist. It was a great panel. Thank you, everybody who showed up, um, who came, who asked questions. And it was really fun for us to be at Plaza de la Raza again. Yes. Because one of our first panels ever was was there at Plaza for Viva, Viva la, la Mujer. Mujer. So, good yeah, times. Yeah, and even like predate that in high school, I was actually in a writer's cohort um, that was in partnership with this. It was a it was a writing summer program, and it was in partnership with Cal Arts, the art school. Yeah. And so I was, you know, at sixteen performing right. a song of, I mean, perform, performing a poem about queer love <gasps> on that stage. Cute. Yes. So I'm like, okay, hello. I'm Here just, I am. I love it. I love it because, like, we're <laughs> such locals. We're such locals. We're, locals. we're L.A. bitches. We're locals. And don't ever forget don't it. Don't ever forget it. We're out here. We've been here. Been here. In the community. In the spaces. <laughs> Anyways. We also, yes. um, we did something new. Something new. Recently. Yes. On the west side. On the west side. We have been finding ourselves out there. You more know what? and more. That is really where they are producing the content. Everything. So we were actually invited to be on Get It Girl TV. Yes. Which is a production, a TV show that is hosted it's on, on LA, LA TV. TV. Yeah. So we were asked to be on it, and we had a really, really cute interview. It's the, like 15 minutes long. The girls are so amazing. Um, the videos, the interview is not out yet. So when it is, we will let y'all know. But we, we just want to thank the the women of Get It Girl TV for having us. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. And um, you can follow them on Instagram. Yes, Get It Girl TV. Also, something super super fresh and new that was uh, just published today. Um, Yara Simon is a writer and an editor at Remescla, and she reached out to Diosa and I actually separately, and we had no idea yeah. that we were both contributing it was to this article. Really funny. <laughs> but anyway. So Yara put this article together for Remezcla about, you know, how do Latinx people really feel about Hispanic Heritage Month? So go check that out. We posted it on our Instagram. Yes. It's online. Um, and we have some reminders. Yes. Oh, also real quick, I wanted to share that I am now a contributor for Hip Latina. Yes. I have been like making my little waves around the Internet. Um with writing and yeah. I haven't actually shared on the podcast but I have a few articles that have come out with We Are Me Too yes. Well Fierce by Me Too Remezcla and now Hip Latina so I'm really excited so head on over to my Instagram to check them out check that out baby girl's a writer yeah we're writing we're writing yes we out here alright reminders so we are booking 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 we love to book for fall <laughs> universities conferences community events um, whatever the fuck it, it is we you will be it. there parties we we do it all. We do it all. You know that we do it all here at Locatora Radio. Email us, locatoraradio at gmail.com. Even if you don't have an idea of what you want us to do there, just reach out to us. We'll figure it out. We do workshops. We do panels. We do keynotes. Fem tech, Latinx tech, intro to podcasting, goddess worship, worship, fem defense, what have you. All of our capítulos can be turned into workshops. All of them. All of them. All Platicas. And as you know, we fem C. We do parties. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Okay. So the, we have had to fly through, through this, this intro. because we really want to get y'all to this next interview that we have with the one and only Jessica Salgados. Podcasteras Peligrosas.
We're back, and we have a very, 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 very special guest with us here today. Yes, we have the one and only, our homegirl, our favorite poet, Jessica Salgado. Hello. Everybody, please, please welcome Jessica. She's back on the podcast, back on Locatora. She has new work that has not yet been released. She's going to talk to us about it. Yes. And But before we get into that, um, we actually want to answer some Oye Locas questions with Jessica before we talk about her new book, Tesoro, and the process and everything that she's going to share with us. So let's get into our segment. All right. <laughs> All right. So the first question. In sync. <laughs> always. Always. Always in sync. <laughs> so the first question that we have is, where does your self-confidence come from? Mm. Who wants to start? Who wants to start? That's a big question. And we've been getting asked that question yes. a lot recently on the socials. I think it's, because people see you, like, stunning on the on the grams. And right. it's summer. Feel, yeah. So they feel like yeah. maybe you're really confident, which possibly, but also, like, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's summer, too. And I think uh, for summer, for many of us, like... Is where we feel most inadequate in our bodies. It's mm. high. We feel gross and icky, and and it's easy to look at people's pictures and be like, they look so fly. But like, no, I was sweating my ass off. <laughs> I was very I took, uncomfortable. Like, I took that outfit off the minute I took the picture. It was just for the gram. Um, but I, I think a lot of times too, for getting to a place of confidence, is about faking it till you make it. Kind right. of mm. like, um, you know, like I feel hella uncomfortable in this outfit, but. Um, I'm going to take pictures in it anyway. And then you share it online and you get so much validation right. that it might make you brave enough to wear it like outside of the house. Right. You know, mm. and, and I think that that's how a lot of my self-growth started, like taking pictures and being like, no, I'm worthy of a picture. I'm worthy of a selfie and sharing it and then sharing it and not having anybody boo me, <laughs> you know, or like whatever. Then right. I was right. just like, oh, OK. All right, cool. I got it. Yeah. Well, that reminds me. You had the hashtag uh, going for a while. The hashtag panzas chingonas. Yes. yes. And that, that was a, was big a really good movement. That you, it was. That was a few years yes. ago. Now it was. It's been about two years. I can't believe it. Wow. It's been two years. That was and when we were like just becoming friends. Friend. Yeah. History. Yes, and and it was. It had a mind of its own. I've been wanting to do it again, but. Um, my following is so much more bigger now that I don't know if I'll be able to wade through all the pictures. Right. And I hate not being able to share all the pictures, you know? And, sure. um But it was Pantas Chingonas, and I invited anybody of any body type to take pictures of themselves in crop tops because it was right when I was all about the crop top. Right. And it got picked up by, like, Univision and Primer Impacto and Huffington Pro everywhere. Like, yeah. it was a very needed movement, and, and it was really exciting. And... It was really cool, and uh, Diosa was in it. I was. Yes, and a bunch really of other cute. like homegirls were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of people submitted photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think that was um, we were just getting to know each other really, so it was a really like good moment I think to share. And then we also did the lipstick one. Yeah, we did, I did a lipstick one where I invited women of different uh, skin yes. colors uh, to share them, and that one also 
got picked up. But yeah, it's it's a lot of us are looking out there, are looking for other confident people, yeah. or in, or want to be told we're confident. Right. Well, that reminds me. Um, thinking of the hashtag, which is how I got introduced into the femme community, is um, hashtag Femmes of Color Visibility, mm. which the LA Femmes of Color Collective started. And that one, the same thing has like had like a mind of its own. It has like over ten thousand posts now. Wow. And it's just all these different folks of different body types, like you said, different skin colors, different gender identities, um, identifying as femmes of color. So also seeing that and seeing all these badass people, all mm-hmm. these beautiful people sharing photos, it's like, yeah, I have so much to be grateful for in my own body or feel confident mm-hmm. and love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you also bring up summer and confidence, like specifically. I think about the fact that, like you're saying, in summer, we're wearing fewer clothing Mm -hmm. than the rest of the year and something that I think is huge too is how that also goes hand in hand with increased street harassment right yes and so maybe you get your validation you get your confidence up you wear your little outfit out of the house Mm -hmm. but then how do you maintain your confidence when you're being targeted and shouted at and being street harassed because the the main purpose of street harassment is aggression Aggression. it's not actually a compliment it's to tear you down because you you feel confident and you look confident so I'm going to make you uncomfortable yep it's intimidation and Mm -hmm. social control so for me I always think of that like what it what does it mean to be confidence exactly when the confidence is almost like a challenge to Mm -hmm. like this masculinity and so they want to make sure that you know right the kind of power that they have to police you or to make you feel uncomfortable intimidate you oh my god I mean I say a lot to that um I have a phrase that says, I feel the most beautiful when I am defiant. Mm. And I think that um, for us, beauty is defiance, right? And not yeah. not the, the the stereotypical idea of beauty, but however we each personally define it. Right. But for you to say, like, I'm worth looking at and I'm worth, like, being praised mm. is yeah. some... But not by the male gaze. Right. It's this Absolutely. kind of, like, defiant statement. Flipping it. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I mean, like... You know, we all learn how to weaponize our our, our, our badass attitudes, too. Like, you Absolutely. wear shades when you're out, or, like, you take the Uber to the place <laughs> and back, or or you're ready to flip off any car, right. or and you whatever your, it is. Your long stiletto nails, yes. your coffin nails. Yes, you know, we mm-hmm. weaponize our, our bodies however we can. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we, we talk... We've talked about that, I think, too, is... And specifically, like, I think for us, and I think about myself, having pretty privilege mm-hmm. and these different things mm-hmm. right and I fucking I milk the shit out of my pretty privilege as often <laughs> right. and as much as I can fuck that like we have only certain things that yeah. we can work with like right. might as well if this is my capital this is my capital yeah. mm-hmm. I don't have financial capital I don't have dinero right but I can use this I say if we're using that privilege to work against which y'all do to work against patriarchy all for it right like, because we know better than to use it against other like femmes and women and right. stuff like that so I think when people hear pretty privilege we think that it's privilege over other women mm. and we're like no 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 it's a privilege that men think they're giving us, but we we turn it around and use right. it on them. We're weaponizing it. We're, yes. weaponizing We're it. U- literally using it to our advantage. It's a resource. It is honestly, a resource for survival. Mm-hmm. It's a resource for survival. Yep. And I also think about how whether it's career or whether it's related to like entertainment or art, how there is this premium and there's this focus put on youth also. Yes. Right. So it's like, if we don't do this now, we don't utilize what oh, we have definitely. now, then when? Yeah, people think, I'm in my mid-30s, and your mid-30s, you're not 
you're not invited to a lot of the things that other people are, but because I look so young, right? I still get invited to like the up and coming, blah 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 blah. Sure, I don't fucking correct anybody <laughs> until I'm sitting on the panel. I'm like, oh no, I'm 34 years old, and they're like, we thought you were 25. It's my good genes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I'm here already, so you're not gonna tell me to go home, exactly, exactly. And that's what matters. Yeah. I, yeah, Jessica, I cannot believe that we have seen you now through two books, right. You're like the way. So when we met you, of course, you were already known and you were being established and really establishing yourself. But now, a couple years later, can you tell us, like, what are the major differences for you? Well, we actually still had another question, Mala. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're just on. on, She's like, why are you going into. I have a tire. Because I. I don't know. I, no, just, I felt like it was time to this, ask that this question. This is a good segue in, in uh, the next question, which was, what was the question you The question ask? is, how do you deal with friends who vent about negative things? And I, I'm that friend sometimes, and you both know that because you're the people that I vent to, too. <laughs> like, my anxiety sometimes gets me dwelling a lot on, on, on like, things that I don't need to be dwelling on, right? Mm. So, like, when I start venting, like, I'm obsessing over one small thing in the larger picture, and I think what you both are what you both are good at doing with me is reminding me of the bigger picture, being like, okay, but you know, like you'll like nudge me in the direction where like, but how was your show yesterday? Sure. And then I'd be like, but I want to talk about how this one person <laughs> didn't didn't acknowledge this one thing, and then you'd be like, but how was your show? Like, what are you doing next week? And then I'm like, oh, I need to remember of like I need to remember what's actually happening in my life, and that this negative moment is a moment that's gonna pass by right. you give me the space to talk about it but then after a while you're like alright bitch let's remember <laughs> the good things and let's push it along and I really appreciate like both of you for doing that like in our in our text messages because both of us I text with both of you at least a few times a week if not every day and so it's like I, I enjoy having friends like that and then like I think it's important I agree. I agree, yeah. I would say um, to put up your boundary. I mean, at some yeah. point, and this is just in general about friends, like at some point, um, people just like to complain. Yeah. And if you like are offering solutions and it's still like, well, there's this and there's that and it's still complain, complain, complain. Well, it's not really about the issue anymore. It's more about I want to complain. Sure. So if that's the case, then yeah. you put up your boundary. You've offered a solution. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take it. That's fine. They can figure it out with someone else or on their own. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't really feel like I have. I don't feel like I have a lot of friends who are constantly venting right. about negative things. I agree. I'm also like this is why I pay a therapist. Sure. <laughs> like you know, we, you and I, Jessica, have our heart to heart conversations, and like that dynamic and that conversation that you just described. Like I totally agree. I think that's really accurate. But I don't. I've never considered it like, you know, y- your life is tied directly to your art. So mm-hmm. I like. I understand that these things come up and they're like constants, mm-hmm. you know, because you're constantly creating art and reflecting mm-hmm. on the things going on in your life. But I, I feel like too, like a lot of my friends we have, I was just talking to somebody about this cause I, um, still help to train, uh, advocates. So last week uh-huh. I was at peace over violence, still training advocates. And we were joking like, Oh, you know, like nobody ever leaves this place. Is it because we love it or is it trauma bonding? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's real. <laughs> and so we were kind of joking amongst ourselves, and this is very true when I'm with my friends who also um, have been rape crisis counselors, is that we have this very macabre 
very dark sort of humor. And I think right. group by group, depending on what kind of life you're living and the work mm-hmm. you do in your social life, like I'm sure amongst poets, you guys have your own humor and you joke about things that I'm going to have no idea. Yeah. With us, we have a very specific type of humor based on experience, you know? So I just feel like I'm surrounded by people who like, it's very situational, you know? Yeah. You know, but um, I kind of, if, if I can't handle like, negative conversation anymore or negative talk I just kind of check out and just stop engaging because I just especially if it's online in, or via text because I just can't I can maybe pick it up later but right, I just yeah. disengage via via text it's easy to dip out on a conversation yes, yeah it is. and um sometimes you have you know we all we've all followed people that go on rants on negative rants like big For days. rants yeah and then you're kind of like Okay, they're going through something. Like, you and I have had friends, um, Mala, where we've been, like, you know, this person's going through, like, a couple of days of rent. Yeah. Like, should we check in? Like, we decided we want to check <laughs> sure, in or not. Sure, sure, and then sure. we're like, mm, no, we're just going to give them their space yeah. to, like, write it out. And they write it out, and then it's fine. Yeah. Or whatever. But they know we, we're, we're there. Are y'all talking about me? No. <laughs> no. No. No, we just be like, following. Rant. We just be following people, people. and stuff. And then we're like. Uh, do we like jump in and I'm like no we're just gonna let them write it out and then they write it out and everything's cool and everything's fine that's why I do appreciate you know what like for the past six seven years my twitter has been my place where I have done my venting yeah and my my shit talking and especially anything having to do with like you know uh, gender based violence sexual violence and I did a, a thread once on twitter where I was basically explaining like you know what on twitter and on instagram on twitter especially you can mute specific words yeah. you can mute people you can, you can mute people on instagram people. now you oh, can you can feature. mute people i've utilized the mute feature on I, instagram same. and twitter i like I, that feature in like full story mute feed i love you up when i was working on my book i was getting really bad fomo i muted all the mommies <gasps> oh my god oh, i muted fair. all of you, you know sometimes you have to oh my god it wasn't out of like a spite fair. or anything Speaking but of, i was just in my feelings <laughs> Fucking, when Connie was here, shout out Connie from New York City. Oh, yeah. Mal, uh, so not Mala. So Maritza fun. was sending me like FOMO messages on Instagram, and I'm like, bitch, you're in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> like, why do you have FOMO right now? On vacation. We, are, we have FOMO. We FOMO each other so much, but then never see each other, which we is like the weirdest other. thing. Right. Like, we're like, we all are out together without me, but like, well, you could be here too. Right. 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 We're then busy. We can't. Everyone, Everyone is busy. busy. Everyone is busy. But no, yeah. so I think like going back to like Jessica, how you started off, how sometimes you feel maybe you're the, the one who's venting negatively. Um, yeah, so I feel like I'm that person. But I try and really only do it online. But you know, I know you can, yeah. you, you can, bruh, you can mute me, block he, me, unfollow me. Because I try not to do it yeah. too much like with my family or with people around me. You know what I mean? My hard thing is that I'm learning is that I don't have that luxury anymore mm. because I've become so visible. And I don't even know how celebrities do it, you know, because I'm not like a celebrity. I mean, you know what I mean. Sure. Um, but I, I, a lot of the things that I say are thrown back at me, or I already mm. have trolls that already like are hovering around. Like waiting. most of these are, are yeah. most of these are, are are white men that are like waiting for me to say something that they can. I was I shared a <gasps> video of a cousin of mine like a distant cousin who's like a Christian rapper and it's awful and I shared the video on my Instagram on my Twitter and then like I got messages of people saying that I was like ridiculing my cousin and then I'm a terrible person oh my god and so like 
So even things like that, like everything, I always have to be braced. I always have to brace myself to be confrontational online, and and I don't like that because there is a softness to me that I don't want to ever have to lose. Sure. sure so sure. I I go to my friends for that, and and y'all hold that kind of space for me. Yeah. But yeah. That also that comment made towards you is so friggin' annoying. That literally family is for roasting each other. <laughs> That's the purpose of family. This is very is true. Shit talking and ridiculing one another, but with love. Yeah, and if I was mean, I would shit it on my Instagram where I have everybody, everybody following me. <laughs> yeah, and on Twitter, it's not as many. Right, 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 right. right, yeah. right. No, people um, definitely wait around to catch somebody slipping, yeah. and it's just it's just the reality that. You know, coming to this realization, anything you say can and will be used against you. Oh, definitely. No matter what. I'll say, I'll give an opinion of something small, and then suddenly um, it's a big deal. Like, I'll sometimes I search my name because you miss things, Mm. and then somebody's gone on a whole rant about Jessica Salgado. Oh, God. About Jessica Salgado talking about line breaks in a poem. About what she doesn't like in a poem, and then they're like, "But I didn't go to." Yeah, no, we're not gonna go into that. That's yeah. a whole different conversation. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, and then I'm like, because this person goes, "Yeah, once people get into like published and they're in the literary world, I'm like, bitch, where? I didn't go to like, I don't, I don't, I'm not in the literary world, right? I'm in Jessica's world. <laughs> you created your own lane, you Jessica. Did, yes, I you am, created you did. your own lane. Yes, and it took me many a decade. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about that recently on social media about how folks will just see the success and not actually mm-hmm. see all of the work that you put behind it yeah. off screen. The years, I mean, I didn't finish high school, but even since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to just write. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I spent years just in books, not even hanging out with people, just reading and consuming anything I could get my hands on. I worked in a parking structure for almost 10 years. Right. I worked retail. I worked jobs that I hated, but gave me the the schedule where I could still go to open mics at night or during the weekends. The last year that I was working at, at um, CVS. Is when we met you. Is That's when, when we you met you. Me. You were still yeah. at CVS. I was still at you. CVS and I would be so stressed because I didn't want to turn down shows. Right. Because I, I was getting more shows offered. Did you know that my first article that I ever was interviewed for was by our homegirl Raquel for Aww. the uh, Woman Crushing the Patriarchy Wednesday? Cool. I was at CVS waiting... 30 minutes, but she couldn't, she wanted, she's on East Coast time. Mm-hmm. Right. So she wanted to do it at a certain time. So I was already at work about to clock in and I'm in the back of the store in my work uniform on the phone being interviewed about my poetry wow. to be on a fucking, on Latina magazine. You right. See? And then they're telling me if I could clock in early and I'm like waving them away because I'm talking to Raquel who wasn't my friend yet at the time. Right. And then like, and then I clock in and get yelled at for eight hours. Lord. And then like when you wrote the Vibe article for me, which was like my first huge, huge. Well, Rekha's article was huge yeah. too, but the Vibe article just kind of went viral everywhere. I love that article. <clears throat> Such a good article. I, I was still one. working at CVS. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't schedule a time because I, I was working. Right. I met. I met up with Jessica. I met up with you at the Poetry Lounge, mm-hmm. and we did like a quick interview outside. Because that's the only times that I would have. Uh-huh. Because my Tuesdays, I would every job I would get, I would say I couldn't work t- Tuesday nights because I had school right because people never fight you about school right. Right? right but it was my school it was my my supporting lounge that's how you learned that's so funny because Mal and I were talking the other day and it's like all these things that you do to get to the point where you're at like nobody knows about that you no. know like Mal and I were had to drive for a meeting on the west side and we had to be there by four o'clock like punctual we yes. were both left our jobs at three o'clock I'm like out. 
I'm like way on like the south side of LA, like where my job is, and then having to drive. Like I was stressed driving to the west side. Hadn't even changed out of my work clothes. Hadn't even put lipstick on. Couldn't even straighten my hair. Like nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, you can't say that we did not hustle. No, to get you can never this say to this meeting. You can you never know? say that we didn't hustle. And like being, we're at work at our day jobs, and we're still whenever we can steal a moment. I've taken, like, podcast calls, mm-hmm. like, for future engagements and things, just, like, sneaking out of my office and just taking the call, sneaking out of, yep. of, of work a little bit early so that I can get to the other side of town, doing answering my makeup the in the email, car. Answering the emails, printing stuff that you're not supposed to in yes, the office using printer. office supplies <laughs> for your personal needs. Do you know how needs? many poems I wrote in buses? I, I, don't, I don't drive, so when I was working, I would take the bus everywhere because <laughs> it's funny. I make more money now than when I had a, full, a full-time job and was doing poetry. Right. right. But I would take the bus everywhere because I couldn't afford to take Ubers, and so I'd be on the bus finishing a poem for a thing that I had to do or answering emails and booking things while fucking being at, at the bus stop waiting yeah. for the next bus. Um, I rem- carrying my clothes with me in my bag and changing in public bathrooms. Right, right. Like, trying to get some semblance of cute while you're like on the go, and and people just now they just see um, what they see, and then they try to say that this is some kind of privilege, and then I'm like, in a sense, it is, but I fought very, very, very hard and, for everything I have, and you don't stop. It's constant, constant producing, working. There's always something else that yeah. has to be done. It's a constant cycle. There's no like leveling out exactly. or plateau. You have to I, keep yeah. going. You can keep pushing it. You don't I just start like working, stop. Mm-hmm. I start working the moment I open my eyes. I reach for my phone and check my emails, check my DMs, check my Instagram. Right. Everything. All of that is work. Yeah. I'm working from the moment that I wake up to the moment that I go to sleep. And if you tell people oh I'm not going to work today I'm not going to do something today there's always somebody in your DMs with a question asking for your time or something like that and I'm very grateful for it and I try to do as much as I can but some days I'm just like y'all I need to chill yeah and um right yeah no and you know and I think it's that balance too because like it's a lot of fun like I, I love everything. Yeah, I wouldn't trade a minute of it. No, we love it. I love our listeners. I love the engagement online. Mm-hmm. I love running into listeners out in public, and it happens a lot. It does. It happens all the time. We don't even, we're not even thinking about mm-hmm. it, and then somebody lets us know. Oh my god, I listen or I follow. It's I, great. There was a listener at the gym one time and I was mortified only because I'm like you know not feeling cute at the gym and then I get a message and she's like oh my god I thought it was you I've been following you in Mala forever and I wanted to die I mean she's really cute and we're friends now but like she's my gym friend but still that's like like worst fear (laughs) is being like you know like chancluda exactly exactly that happened (laughs) running into people because I run in I run into people well, you all have been with me. Like we run into, we run into people that recognize yeah. you or me or yeah. all of us or whatever, right? right? Um, I've been at my fucking coffee shop where I do my work, and yes. then like Dora, like crusty because I just rolled out. I'm like, I gotta get eight hours of writing in, and then someone comes in and I'm like, oh my god, yes, like I'm sitting there like no makeup on my face, like I don't even know know if I wash my face before I fucking <laughs> left my house and. And like hopped up on coffee, crying because I'm working on a sad poem. And um, but it's the process. That's the process. It's all really, really worth it, though. And um, I'm living my life's calling. And so um, 
It's not like when I used to work retail and I would get up and cry because I had to go do something mm. that I didn't want to do. Yeah. At least now that I know I might have a flight at 7 in the morning and I'm waking up at 5, it's like, all right, get your ass out. Like, once you get to the city that you're going to, you're going to be happy. Yeah. Right. It's going to be fine. That's yeah. real. And, you know, like, so many people are rooting for you and love you. And, like, I'm so we're so proud of you, we're both so of us. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. And um, I love that you talked about your coffee shop where you write because I feel like that's a good segue to it getting is. into your process. I know that a big part of your posting and preparing people for Tesoro has been talking about how this process of writing this second book has been different versus the process writing Corazon. And I'd love to hear more about your journey from Corazon to Tesoro and what's been the same, what's been different. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, when I had <clears throat> when I had Corazon... I was like, Corazon wasn't the book that I thought it was going to be, right? It ended right. up becoming something. But the minute that my publisher and I sat down and we signed the contract, I already knew. Mm-hmm. Like, the book came to me. And we're just like, okay, this is what we're going to tell. And it was the story of a relationship. So it was easy. The relationship has a beginning, middle, end. Right. And then, and then like, whatever I want to say at the end of that, right? Like, I'm... Corazon heals herself, which is what, what the ending of it was, right? Yeah. Celebrating the way I love and so um, working on that was fine. And they say that usually your first book is already written because you have all your material. Right. And my first two books were already written because a lot of the soda was already written to going into that. But um, and as I was working on Corazon, because it was my first book and it was so exciting, I had so many people like or the summer just was different last year. But Mala, you used to come and sit with me a lot last yeah. year. Or yeah. other people would randomly come and be with us yeah. or, like, come through and, like, and I all I hung out things. with you. I was, well, at the time, because of my job, because mm-hmm. I was working on call, you know, I had sometimes, like, days during the week, during the workday where I was free because maybe I had to work the overnight shift that day. So I yeah. would come and sit with you. And, like, I was, I would try to get work done. I didn't get shit done. No, we would talk and then I would cry. We were, <laughs> we were processing. We were processing. But you and I were both we, processing a lot. Yes. That summer. We yeah, were processing. We, oh, definitely a lot because I had been in the hospital. Yeah. And then here I was writing right. and then a heartbroken and writing yeah. this whole book. And then you were going I was through. in the midst of my breakup. Yes. My messy and, fucking breakup. And then I remember that a lot of after your conversations with you, I had a different perspective to write certain poems from, right? Like, I remember walking to the coffee shop and my friend Javon calling me mm. and checking in on me because this is my first book. So, like, okay. people are more like, okay, do, are you good? Are right. you good? And so, like, pushy in a way they're not knowing it was pushing me, right? So then this auto comes around and people think that they're like, oh, you got it. Right. 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 So they give you the space for you to do your book or whatever. Because I've done my zines and I've done my first book. So they're like, oh, you got it. And so I'm at the coffee shop. And then it was hard because for Corazon, I was very diligent. Right. Every day from this time to this time. And for um, Tesoro, because I am was just touring. Then I was slamming. Then I was doing all these things. I was, And then all the other things for Corazon still happening. Yeah. I was so exhausted that it was so hard to drag myself out of bed and go right. Yeah, right. And then I would get there and go right, and I was by myself for like eight, ten hours in the coffee shop. And so it was a solitary, it was a very solitary process. And um, the sort of subject matter kept changing. Mm. And then, because I had been thinking about it for a year, right? And I had been talking about it, and it kept changing, it kept changing. And then I was frustrated that it wasn't what I told everybody it was going to be. And then um, and then it started becoming what it is, and, and it's a very dense book and it's very heavy in a, in, in a very freeing way 
but I got lost in the heaviness of it sure. for a while mm-hmm. and it felt very lonely and it wasn't much of a sad lonely but in a, like at the end of the day it's just me and these poems right mm. it's just me and my it's me and my story and it's my job to figure it out and wade through the thick of it through the mud and just see what we like get the sotos encontramos like mm. literally that's what it was like where's the treasure where what is this motherfucker gonna look like cause right. I don't even know I don't even know getting to and, the treasure and getting to the treasure wow. of the book and then at the end once I put the book together I realized that I wasn't telling the story of the woman in my family I was telling my story yeah mm. yeah. and and yeah yeah well you know thank you for sharing all of that um, so Tesoro is broken up into five sections correct yes. so can you tell us you you have your your sections named something like very specific and it's gonna it sets the story the sets the sta- the scene for the rest mm-hmm. of the story right so can you tell us about that process and naming it and how you really organize the book yeah so um, it was re- very different too because in Corazon the titles all have the chapters all have titles mm-hmm. and they're very specific titles and then they give you kind of an idea of what you're going to find in the chapter right. in this book the chapters don't have names they have numbers mm-hmm. and they have opening quotes that and, are beautiful. and that are very beautiful and if you have read Corazon you will recognize the quotes Yes. can, I, can I read some of them? sure so the first one um, the first opening, the first section is I come from women who fend for themselves and then the second one is before I knew what I know now, before these palm trees loved me back. Mm-hmm. Which is so beautiful. Thank you. And, and so it continues. Yeah, and it continues on and on. And um the first and so the chapters I like telling stories in chrono- chronological order, right? So the first chapter is about the observing the woman in my family and kinda like what what womanhood is right. to me, right? Like by traditional by the woman in my family. And so seeing, like, the women cook, um, how they take care of their husbands, and also, like, the abuse. Right. And that we endure and how that abuse means love. Right, right. And, and then, and so there's, there's that, right? And then how women aren't allowed to be as free as the men. Mm. And then the second chapter about the who I was before I knew what I know now before these palm trees ever looked me back, it's me, to realize, me discovering my teenage body. Mm-hmm. My young woman body, like like the first time I have sex, um, kind of explain, or the first time that I realized that I'm not beautiful. Like there's a poem I don't know, because the the copy of the manuscript you did is the one that's being edited. Yeah, right. So there's been some changes. Okay. <laughs> but um, there is also a poem about like the first boy that I fall in love with telling me that I'm not pretty like the other girls, but I'm funny. Gosh. And so mm-hmm. then realizing that like oh my personality like. I have to make up for it by being nice and agreeable and, and funny. Got it. And and so there's there's and then but as I'm talking about my body and it's changing, I'm also talking. Uh, I'm kind of talking about L.A. being gentrified. Mm. And so it's kind of like this: my city is changing while I'm changing, and and it right. gives you like this confusing feeling. The third chapter is the relationship chapter, and of course, I know uh, Jessica book is going to be a Lord. Jessica book without <laughs> relationship. Of course. Stuff and but this this chapter is very different to Corazon in the sense that it's not centered around a man, and um, my biggest it's not a regret or a mistake, but uh, a hard time I had with Corazon when it was about a specific person, mm. and I hated the fact that I gave someone so much 
and and of the book, right? Especially now it's fine, but at the time when he and I were trying to figure out many things, I'd go to shows or interviews and be asked all these things about this person, and sometimes I'd be madly in love and I'd smile while I was through the interviews. Other times I was just like, fuck, I don't want to talk about this again. Sure. Like, I'm still in it. Yeah. And so um, uh, there's a line in the poem that says, every poem I have ever written is about me. And so I centered myself in all of these love poems and um, these relationship poems where I am the center, like, about how I love, how I show up in relationships. Um, there's a yeah. poem called Bipolar where I talk about telling someone I'm bipolar for the first time. Right. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of that. And then the next chapter after that is... It's the most difficult chapter, and uh, there's a poem in there called The Soto, which is why the book is named The Soto, and it's about being bilingual and, and living in between um, the English and the Spanish and, yeah. and and all that, and and it's a very dense, dense, dense chapter where I'm grieving what I perceive to be my reality and what actually, and learning what's the actual things that are happening. So I'm not only mourning the death of my father and my grandmother, mm. but I'm also mourning like who I thought they were. Mm. Okay, mostly my father. Yes, which yeah, I mean we go through the stages of grief even mm-hmm. when we are either losing someone physically or even just the idea of what the relationship changing, the idea of who they mm-hmm. were in your life and yeah. seeing them for who they actually are. Yeah, can and, also like trigger those stages of grief. Yeah, and, and your your father is always like a big figure in a mm-hmm. lot of your poetry and you talk about I love how in Tesoro you ask like where do I begin with my mother with my tias with my grandmother mm-hmm. and there's this this major question you ask like did you survive the men yes. mm-hmm. did they survive the men we're here even those of us who are still here we're here but did we survive the mm-hmm. men are yep. we surviving the men right and there's the poem in uh, in, that, in that fourth chapter of Knives where it lists all the assaults my mother's been through the assault that I've been mm-hmm. through yeah. and realizing that sometimes the men who raised us are the ones that are doing the assault to other people or even to ourselves yeah. right yeah. and so it's this this thing where it's just like oh when i say men ain't shit it even means the ones i love oh yeah, yeah. we know intimately that yes. men are not shit we've right. observed it we've learned it we've experienced it we like it. we know right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you performed knives in front of city hall oh, you did. for denim day Ooh, yeah that was major <laughs> and that poem to perform that poem in front of city hall for such a major audience mm-hmm. on denim day you know a great prevention and education like awareness like and it's you and i just thought that that was so powerful and amazing i know everybody there just like felt that okay. poem and loved that poem yeah I had the mayor standing right behind me and I'm doing this poem about like there's a line in the poem that says and the man like where I'm listing all this assault and how we women have to share stories like we're surviving a war right yeah and how a man will listen to all of that and be like not all of us and then like and then but we women know that that's that we still, even in that conversation, we know that we still got to get ourselves home safe. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so it's like, so these men can sit there and have all this fucking male rhetoric and explanation. And denial. Pieces. And denial. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, but I'm still going to leave this space. And when I get outside, I'm going to get called. Yeah. Some fool might try his luck. Right. You know, whatever. I still got to make sure right. I walk into my home safe. And then when I'm home, I got to hope that whatever fool I live with doesn't do something to me exactly 100 yeah. percent. and and so and so to do that poem at city hall it was fresh when i wrote when i was at city hall i had just written it 
Yes. Yes. So it was. It was, and then Aloe Black was behind. It was a really weird. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a very surreal moment. But it was. Um, um, I'm really grateful that you were able to connect me with with um, Shirley wanted you. Shirley yes. was like, "Do you think Jessica it was Shirley's idea to have you perform it?" Aww. And she didn't know about that poem. She didn't even know about that poem. Yeah. But um, and the way you delivered that last line, none of us is yeah. like that. Is like the detail of the poem that, like for me, just wraps it all together. You mm. know. Thank you. And I also in Tesoro like going back to the beginning of this conversation you made a statement Jessica about you know a woman's youth or her attractiveness sort of being like a green light or permission for men to bother her and you have this poem excuses about your father and your mother that's one of my favorite and if I could read a line from it sure that's relevant right (laughs) my mother is a saint she is rushing home at six o'clock because her husband needs dinner she has tears over the sink and a tender good night she is the girl three different men tried to push themselves onto. They couldn't help but want to take, didn't need to ask, because her beauty was all the yes they needed. Mm-hmm. Powerful. My mom tells those stories so casually about all these men. Like A lot of the women, things, I yeah. feel like, of our of the, older, of older generations, generations will <laughs> say things... Very and in, very intense things that happen to them very casually under their breath in passing when yeah. están limpiando están limpiando la mesa y todo or, eso and yeah. that's it and then they walk away or like if it's a novela they watch like that it wasn't even them in it right you know like my mom was part of this whole dramatic thing where a man tried to kidnap her and all this thing oh. and then like she was sent to go work in la capital to get away and then like but then men were like they, she was still being blamed because they were like well what did she do for him to think that he had a right to do that right and so all these things and yeah. so as a young girl I never understood how that manifested itself in us being raised mm. but it was like my mom was very prudish never talked about it. and even in that poem later it talks about her first time with my dad yeah right. my yeah. mom was a virgin when she was with my dad and then he goes and then she says that my father was one of these men took her to a room said you're not leaving until you're mine and my mother thought it was time that she finally belonged to a man and then she did and then I showed up mm. right well and, that's also this idea like, and that's definitely like of that generation not that it doesn't happen now but it's like okay if we're in fear of being raped and assaulted but if I have a husband if I have a boyfriend well then it's less likely to happen to me because I belong to, to one somebody. to someone to a man already or when our partner assaults us, yep. we justify it because, like, well, I loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember some of the first times, and, and, and I don't go into it in the book, but I remember the first time that I ever kissed a boy was, like, me agarró la fuerza. Like, he grabbed me, and he, like, it was, like, this whole thing. Sure. And then, like, I was, like, no. But then, like, he made me. And so then I felt that I could only give in to my carnal desires if I pretended I didn't want it. And then they would force me into it. So it was almost this role play that was happening because I thought that that's what, that's how it's supposed to be. Because I'm supposed to be a good, modest girl that, quote unquote, good, right? That doesn't want sex. So I have to let the man take it by force. Right. And then for a long time, I couldn't overcome that, you know? And then until, um, until I got into my whole face, and then I, after that, I was just like, "Oh no, <laughs> I want all the whole face." This yes. is why. This is why ho is politic because it's all about autonomy. Yes. It's all about mm-hmm. autonomy and releasing ourselves from that idea that sex is something that they have to extract from us, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we can't just offer it up because and engage because we want because to. Because we want to. Yes, uh-huh. and that's what the last chapter in the book is. The last chapter is um, I love having my last chapters always be like very um triumphant right mm-hmm. because 
I, I just feel that like you're resilient. Yes, and and the last chapter has a poem for Saya and Henry, my niece and nephew, and it has like very small poems, but about me enjoying sexual moments. Mm-hmm. Like there's a poem that um, me asking a guy like, "What's your favorite part of a woman's body?" And then he goes, "The clitoris," because it's designed purely for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then that being like the whole moment, like and then. And then we're making out or, like, whatever. But yeah. that being the moment. I mean, yeah. like, we had sex afterwards, but that's not in the poem. Sure. But, um, like, it's one of... And this person was someone that I just had, like, a fling with. But it was one of those beautiful moments where we were both two consenting people. Right. Mm-hmm. That were enjoying something. And then there's another poem about, like, me telling a lover, like, I gotta go write a poem. And he's just like, don't. And I give in to him at the moment. And then I'm like, and that's the poem. And that is the poem, like... Yeah. Like, you know, we yeah. sleep together and then that there's poetry in two bodies being together willingly. Yeah. And um, especially as a fat woman, like owning my sexuality. And also there's not a lot of mention of my fatness in this poem, mm. in this book mm. as a whole. Like there's no, um, Corazon had the fat girl wants love and in the first chapter and then it had Gorda in the last chapter. Right. And it, this book has one small poem that says the belly ask questions. And then it has a, uh, Oh, to the fat girl wearing a crop top. Mm-hmm. But these aren't long, dramatic poems. Because the trauma of of trying to figure out whether I'm worthy or not, worthy of love or not as a fat woman, isn't what I'm carrying around anymore. I know mm-hmm. I'm worthy of love. Yeah. Yes. So now this is the... We're moving into the other conversations that we haven't had. And um, my mentor, Shihan, has... Um, Shion Van Cleve, amazing poet, but he always tells me, "How does your audience grow with you? Yeah. Mm. How? What are you giving them that's different? How is this book different than any other than another book?" And so I tried very hard to show a different side of me throughout this book. And and I don't know if y'all, I mean, y'all know, know me pretty close though, so yeah. yeah. So you probably saw what you we can know. definitely see this growth in you as a person, and then to see this. Gr- to witness this growth as an artist has been incredible. Thank you. No, and I mean, I, I think, too, the way that you are learning to even handle the, the greater number of followers, the, yeah. the trolling. I mean, uh, we can even talk about how with Corazon, the trolling itself got so bad that yep. they were trying to really affect your book sales on Amazon. It actually helped. <laughs> it ended up helping because yes. you flipped it on them. You know what I mean? Because, you know, all, all press is good press. At the and end that's of what the you day. told me. That's what you told me. Okay. I called you. Jessica like, called me. She was like, crying. <laughs> tell, tell the people. Tell the people what happened, Jessica. So I tweeted, um, oh, this... And then <laughs> the Soto has poems about me not fucking my white people, but that's something else. <laughs> that's a, right, 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 right. But um, uh, I I tweeted uh, something about um, old white men being exhausting, right? Because every time I tell an older white man that I'm a writer, they're like, "Oh, is it easy to get a book published?" They always try to minimize my of course. success. Always. And so this poem, this tweet taken out of my the general conversation that I'm always having. I guess upset. I don't know who. It ended up on Reddit, and then I had all these. Reddit like, is scary. White troll, like those, like those, that kind of white people, right? That like, kind of white guy. Yeah, the ones on Reddit. The scary Reddit. kind. Scary. And then they decided some sort of fucking. They orchestrated some attack on me, and then like they had already been been uh, really bothering me on Insta on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like my Twitter feed was ridiculous, and they had made their way over to my Facebook and my Instagram. Ugh. 
Because you can find me by the same name everywhere, right? Yeah. And they had me the way everywhere. And I remember I had told y'all, it was the day that we were at um, the line. Yes. And so we were having dinner, and I'm like, yeah, they're bugging me, whatever, whatever. I don't care. I'm on my little vacation. And um, then maybe a day later, my publisher calls me, and then he's just like, I have some bad news for you, but it, everything's okay. We got it under control. He's like, you've been getting a spurt of bad reviews on Amazon. And it was a bunch of one stars, but like like maybe 20. Yeah, yeah. Or more, probably more. Yeah. And it was a bunch of them, but they had contacted Amazon, and they had shut down anything, and then whatever, whatever. And then, um, I don't know if it was my publisher or you, Mala, who suggested that I get my followers to go leave reviews mm-hmm. and go leave positive reviews. I'm like, well, I don't want to ask them, but I'll tell them that if it, it's they happening. want to. I'll tell them what's happening and if they want to, if they're moved to, to go share their real story. Not, yeah, right. Not give me five stars, but give me what you think I deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then folks started... Like they were just going and mm-hmm. commenting and commenting. They rallied behind yes. you. And before that, like I think I had like fifteen reviews or like whatever. And now I have over a hundred reviews, which Ow. makes your book more visible. Yeah. And it had fallen from the best selling spot and it went back up on best selling. And we sold like hella books because people were like, What is happening? Yep. Like what is this book now? Yep. And so um, it ended up being a very good move for us. Yep, yep. Well, now you have sold over 10,000 copies of Corazon. I, yes, I have. Thank you. From an independent publisher. Yeah. Amazing. And um, it's been really, really, really great. And- well, Jessica, well, we, we're coming to the end of our time now. We always love having you on Locatora. We're you. so proud of you. The work is amazing, of course. I'm really excited to see the reception and how people you know, consume it and Mm -hmm. respond to it. So as always, listeners, you know where to find us. Yes. So before we actually close out, just want to remind folks that Jessica's book is on presale. And she can, they can find that at Not A Cult. Not A Cult, N-O-T-A-C-U-L-T dot media. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I Go to her Instagram. Pre-sale. Yes. Book is launching November 1st. We're super excited. Thank you so much yes, for sharing. Thank you so much. The thank manuscript, you, you. the advanced copy to us. We feel so special that we got to see your you. baby before the rest of the world. Of course. My girls <laughs> had to. <laughs> thank um, you. Yes. So to close out, we're going to do something a little different today. Yes. Yes. yes? yes, yes. So instead of an outro song, Jessica will actually be reading a poem from Tesoro. Yes. And this is the last poem in the book called At My Funeral, and um, I talk a lot in the book about depression and being bipolar and overcoming a lot of that, and so this is a different twist on the celebration of overcoming. At my funeral, I want you to play Bidi Bidi Bomb Bomb, followed by Back That Ass Up, followed by Juan Gabriel, followed by Anything by Drake. At my funeral, I want you to eat all that you can, Please don't turn down my mommy's food. She will be grieving and offer you platefuls. Say yes to each one. This will make her feel closer to me. At my funeral, don't read any of my poems. I wrote those to stay alive. Let them rest, stretch their limbs, pack their bags, find new fingers. At my funeral, let the men make jokes. I have understood that machismo only allows them to be tender through laughter, and I want them soft and sweet during my final goodbye at my funeral. Thank the woman. My mother, my sisters, my girlfriends kiss their palms, keep their tissues. They are holy and what I am the saddest about leaving. At my funeral, let the babies run free. 
kiss their heads, sneak pastries into their chubby hands, watch their faces flush with delight at my funeral, find the little girls and let them try on my lipsticks, especially the red ones. Let them walk through the house, each mouth a rosebud made just for me. At my funeral, please don't feel obligated to cry. Dance if that's what your body asked for. Turn the altar into a dance floor. Remember this body of mine felt most alive beneath strobe lights and music at my funeral. I will be dead, of course, and this will be a victory. Praise the sudden illness or accident that claimed me. Praise the hospital bed I exhaled in. Praise the doctors and nurses and prayers that try to keep me. Praise this heart of mine that couldn't anymore. Praise all the years that came, wrapped themselves around my legs and pulled me away. Praise be my death because it did not come from my own hands, from razor blade or from pill. It came because it was time, because my body or my God said, come home. And I collected everything I am and walk through that door at my funeral play a song that says I survived myself praise be such a sweet sweet end thank you thank you Jessica thank you so much Jessica. thank you so much for having me I love you both we, we, love, you. we love you we love you and thank you everyone for tuning in to another capitulo of Locatora Radio as you know you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Audio Boom and visit us at youtube.com slash Locatora Radio aka Localandia and we will catch you next time besitos this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinz Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.